Welcome back, everybody, to uh, this uh, country's finest mental performance uh, podcast about the game of golf that has nothing to do with golf swings, even though it's called Swing Thoughts. Figure it out. It's a play on words. Okay? Someone asked me that. They're like, why do you call it Swing Thoughts? You don't talk about golf swings. I go, because you're dumb. Anyway, sorry for uh, ranting. I'm Humble Howard from the Humble and Fred Show, along with uh, Tim O'Connor. Coach Tim, a mental performance uh, wizard, O'ConnorGolf.ca. Good uh, good day to you, sir. Good to see you. Good to see you in fine form and in such a good mood, too. Oh, yeah. Fantastic mood. Uh, this program... <laughs> this program is brought to you by TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Go to TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Learn about the new echo damping system and speed bridge technology. The new SimMax and SimMax OS irons. And, of course, the irons that everybody's talking about is the new 770s. And uh, they're amazing. And you should get them if you want to continue playing this game of golf. Uh, we got to get right to our uh, guest today, Tim. Uh, because he's a very busy man, all right? He only has a couple moments from uh, Eclipse Performance. He uh, recently uh, was uh, designated as a Ph.D. in sports psychology, which I find fascinating. I've known him for several years, a good friend of mine and of the show, Dr. Charles Fitzsimmons. Always a pleasure to welcome you back to this forum, sir. Thanks for having me on, guys. Always a pleasure to uh, to be here in a chat. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, of course, a weird year in uh, provincial and national golf tournaments uh, normally. And, and and by the way, just quickly, guys, what is going on in the university golf game? Uh, Charles, of course, a member of uh, the Lund- the Western. Western golf team for 40 years. And uh, that's amazing. It's a record. What's going on? And what's that? I'm sorry. Actually, 43 years. Yes, 43 years. Now, Timmy and Tim, of course, the head coach of uh, Guelph Griffins. What is going on in the university game? Is it done? Are we finished? It's it's canceled. Yeah. All right. Yeah, done for for the fall. Yeah, I'm hearing some thoughts, Charles, and if you're hearing it about that, possibly in Western Canada, they might be resuscitating the idea they could have a a tournament season. But here in Ontario, uh, zero tournaments. but we're actually able at Guelph, we're able to have basically a, a, a training season. So we're going to meet with the team uh, twice a week, and it's going to really be fun. So that's going to be interesting. What are you guys doing at Western? Yeah, ba- basically the same thing. We're, we're allowed to have uh, a, a training season and, and able to uh, you know potentially host some little exhibition matches versus other schools or other little local clubs, but we'll have to kind of see how that all comes together. It's all got to be... Uh, allowed by the university and passed through the university so we'll see yeah uh, of course covid has uh made even recreational golf different for a lot of golf courses we've talked about protocols and not touching the flag and arriving a certain amount of minutes and having to book range sessions um and i bring it up because in the world of the gao and golf canada there aren't very many events by this time in the year we would have all played a bunch of events and and so what I thought would be interesting, later on we're going to talk about Tim O'Connor having his personal best round of the year uh, just a few days ago, and we'll juxtapose that with me having one of my worst, <laughs> one of my uh, worst... Compare uh, and contrast. Turn- uh-huh. Yes, compare and contrast, gentlemen. Uh, one of my worst 
qualifying rounds in a long time and, and why those things happen. And, and it's because it's, I think it's an important conversation to talk about when a recreational player uh, has a good day going and, and when you have a maybe less than satisfactory day going. And I thought, you know, Charles, who I work with a little bit as, as just as a casual, like we're buddies and I talk golf with Charles. <laughs> so I thought maybe we would have a little debrief and, and have a conversation about what happens in a coaching um, context when you have a debrief from a player's round. Yeah. Um, let me first say congratulations, Tim. Great, great plan. Well, thanks. Yeah, yeah that's always him. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and ha- Howard, let me start with a, a big digital hug. I know. And all kinds <laughs> of warmth and love. Um, no matter what happens on the golf course, you're a wonderful human being who we all love and care for very much. Oh, thank you. Um, I uh, wrote, Charles sent me a note. He said, hey, sorry about the tough day. I guess you'd seen, you know, all the headlines. Yeah. And um, he says, sorry about the tough day. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna read this because this is authentic. Charles, Doctor Charles said, "Golf kicks us all in the nuts sometimes." Let me know when you want to chat about it. I said, "Yes, golf can nut kick us all from time to time." Blah blah blah. And then you went on to say, "Indeed, golf is a hooker. You pay to get effed." And I thought this is very professional. Um, and I didn't tell Charles anything about the round because I thought today we could just have a quick kind of walk through. You know what what it feels like when you just kind of you know are tight in your body which is another one of you know Tim's favorite subjects how does your body feel and so what kind of questions would you ask a player like myself so actually um, once we have established the the empathy that you know this happens to everybody good players and bad I've been there just the same you way you were as, kidding were you no 100%. no 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 like no. Ev- ev- everybody's been there right and so yep. Starting from that that place of empathy and understanding, and and this is why my number one rule is golf is hard, right? It's just it's such a challenging game. There's so many variables that go into it that you know we're going to have those challenging days sometimes, and it's just unfortunately part and parcel. But you could also make the argument that those challenging days make the good days that much sweeter, and so they're almost even necessary or required, right? So with that said, uh, I actually like to start on a positive note, Howard. So I, I want to take a second and just hear generally a couple of things you did well from the day. Well, just to give some context, I went to a qualifier for a tournament that I really, really, really wanted to play in. And I I think what I did well is I was kind of nervous, more so than normal. And for the first couple of hours on the golf course... I felt pretty good because I knew, and, and as golfers, you can relate to this, I knew I really didn't have it. Like, I was just kind of holding it together. In the first eight holes, I think I hit three greens. I got up and down every time I needed to. I made one sort of mistake that cost me a double, but I also made a nice birdie. So after eight holes, I was standing on the ninth tee, one over for the round. Also, for some context, I shot 82. I needed to shoot 77. I'd already made one double, but at that point, I was kind of like, okay, I'm out here at sea. Everything is fine, and I'm kind of just flowing along. And so I felt pretty good about handling my tightness, because I'll tell you both. I felt very I felt very uh, unusually tight, and I yeah. think about it after. I thought, well, maybe part of it is I really wanted this. I really mm-hmm. wanted to get back to this tournament. 
and, and again, golf is one of those weird sports where the more we want something, the more we almost get in our own way, right? Where other sports, you know, you think of hockey, if you really want something, you can skate that a little bit harder, right? And you can hit that guy a little bit harder. And those are great things. But in golf, it, it, we almost get ahead of ourselves or just kind of get of our own way. So it's, it's a real challenge of, of putting that together for sure. Um, what else do you think you did well, Howard? And it can be mental. It could be physical. It could be uh, something in terms well, of, of technique. I, I think what I did well, too, is not, not panicking. Even when it started to unravel, I kept the idea that I'd been here before because I went double nine, double ten, bogey eleven, and then I sort of settled down again. At that point, I said to myself, I've been six over par through 11 holes, and I've still qualified, and I still know I can make some birdies. I know I can finish under par. And so I just set about the task of doing that. And so, again, I never freaked out. I didn't hit, you know, I didn't throw any clubs. I just said, okay, I've been here before, and I thought I did that well. What happened was I finished four over for the last three holes to miss miss out on this. Yeah, I saw that, which is, I'm sure, that the biggest biggest (laughs) nut kick of all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was so gross. Like, I went to the car pretty quick. Yeah, and I'm sure uh, quite pleasantly happy. Oh, yeah. Um, so, anyway, so it sounds like you managed your, your nerves pretty well. Yes. You managed to stay optimistic through the, the tough times, and those are really important components of peak performance, so that's great. Um, I want to ask you one fundamental piece that we've talked a lot about and just see how you think you did throughout it during the round. We, we talk a lot about, you know, what does it take for you to hit a great golf shot? Mm-hmm. What, what are those kind of key components? What are those little ideas? Because, you know, everything else kind of comes back to that all the other skills we talk about all the other stuff we work on all of that comes back to basically allowing you to come back to this state of being present and focused on what you need to do which is a little bit different for everybody but there are usually common themes what you need to do to hit a great golf shot and so i want to ask you you know how do you think you did about generally through through the day coming back to that simple focus of what it takes to hit one great golf shot um and that's where i think the the takeaway for a lot of people will be is that, you know, I think I've mentioned this on the show. I know Tim's heard me say it, but you, I, it's your phrase. There's a difference between playing to play great and playing to not make a mistake. And as the round wore on, I, I just couldn't seem to get the ball to go where I wanted it to go. And I felt, if I'm being honest, that I started to play not to make mistakes. And that's where it unraveled for me. And again, that's that's totally normal and natural. That's um, what we call avoidance, right? Yeah. Which is uh, the most successful uh, coping strategy in all of human history. Because basically, you know, if you avoid the lion that eats you, you survive, and that's really good. But it just happens that that kind of avoidance doesn't work particularly well to sport, right? And and so it's it's a normal and natural kind of mechanism to fall back into. But we have to learn how to overcome it and go more into what we call approach psychology, which is basically exactly what you said is, you know, I'm going to go out there and try and hit great golf shots. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to pick one thing that we've talked about, Howard, that usually you would focus on to hit a great golf shot, what would it be? From a physical standpoint or from a mental standpoint? <clears throat> uh, it could be either. You know, for example, uh, a classic one that we really work on is, is really clear target attachment, right? Just yeah. being really, really clear and comfortable and committed to your target. Another one might be having a very simple uh, single swing thought to, to kind of guide the physical side of things, right? Um, well, I can or, tell you what I didn't do well is as the round wore on, um, 
I was becoming less attached to where the target was and more attached to where I didn't want to hit it. I'll be honest. I just, which is a weird thing for a guy like me to say because I could I I could feel it as the round was going on. I was just trying to not hit it sideways because I was I wasn't hitting it very well. And even though I parred 12, 13, 14, 15, it was just kind of it was always on the precipice of not quite there. And 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 I know you got to go, but this is a great as I said, we'll juxtapose with Tim's round where when you're when you're in flow, it just seems to all be, you know, pretty easy. Where I was in the opposite of that. And, and, and again, you know, given the context of you wanting to make this tournament so badly and the, you know, the, the weird season where this is kind of the only big tournament that way and, and all of that creates this very threatening kind of context, right? Where mm-hmm. it's so easy to get into this thinking where you want to avoid the bad stuff to accomplish this goal. Yeah. But, you know, as we know, you have to go back more into that approach stuff and saying, you know, I'm just going to take it on and sail the ship. And, you know, if, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but at least I can say I've kind of given it my best. So, yeah. um, before I take off Howard, I do want to finish on a little bit of a positive note because oh, do you you? Know, sometimes I do because, <laughs> you know, we, we, we can all be intense and, and critical and, and get a little bit upset at these things that we've all been there. You know, I, I had moments like that at the Ontario am a couple of weeks ago, especially in the third round. So, um, one of the positive things we always like to end on is I still want to hear your three best shots from the day, Howard. I hit a uh, eight iron to the sixth hole to about four feet, made birdie. Draw, fade, what was it? I it, was, uh, it was sweet, little eight iron, wanna, 150. I want to relive it with you. Uh, it was a little uh, 158, you know, tiny draw to a uh, front left pin and... Uh, I never. It's funny. I never actually saw where it ended up. But the other guys are like, "Oh, it's almost gone in." I'm like, "Really? How cool!" Uh, so that was good. And I'll tell you, the other good shot I hit was off the first tee. You know, I had planned to hit hybrid. You know, uh, split the fairway two twenty, hit it down the middle. In fact, the way I played the first couple of holes, I was, I thought, "Hey, this is cool." Got up and down out of a bunker on the second hole, made par. So those shots kind of tricked me into thinking all would be well. <laughs> tricked you uh, it did it, it gave me it, a sense that today would be fine and it's funny because it's almost as if you needed a little bit of that intensity right to to kind of keep you pushing into that that zone yeah. when you get we get relaxed then we kind of get out of that a little bit and sometimes that's a funny thing where anxiety and intensity actually can be a really good thing because it helps to guide that focus as long as you're kind of able to to still focus on like i said what you need to do to hit great golf shots so well I, uh, was that was the up and down from the bunker the third one yeah the third great shot yeah, yeah it was a great shot Good. Well, doesn't that make you feel a little warm and fuzzy? Oh well, yes. <laughs> even um, the even the toughest days have bright spots, and we can absolutely. pull confidence from those and learn and grow from them. Uh, Dr. Charles Fitzsimmons, uh, the Eclipse Performance Academy, EclipsePerformance.ca. If you want to get a hold of Chuck, uh, he's a uh, fine fellow, a hail fellow, well met, and um, I uh, I wish you well. I don't know when I'm going to see you next, but soon I hope. I'm sure we will uh, find a time to uh, speak and enjoy our company once again. All right. And uh, Tim, congratulations. I wish I could uh, stick on to hear about your glorious round, but I'm sure you and Howard can fill me in another time. Oh, yeah, I, we would, will. Uh, I always love to hear about great stuff that, that way. So, Okay, Chucky. Good to see you. Thanks, bud. Thanks again, guys. Good luck. Take care. And uh, again, much love, Howard. All, yeah, the, no, all the digital it. hugs in the world. All right. <clears throat> all right. There he is, Dr. Charles Fitzsimmons. Look at him. 
sweet angel that he is. Uh, he just uh, there he's gone now. Interesting, huh? You know, I mean, would that be similar to what you would do with a player? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't say it'd be you know all this all the same stuff, but very similar. And I loved how it was interesting how he started with that kind of like, oh, Howard, I'd like to give you a hug kind of thing. And, you know, I think a lot of people probably interpreted that as as facetious, but it's absolutely authentic. And it's it's really what needed, particularly in any coaching environment, um, is is to actually hear what's going on for somebody, but also to know what they are feeling. Mm -hmm. Because you do not hear somebody if it's just the words. It has to, when you really hear somebody, it's called empathetic listening. And it's basically, you could imagine yourself being in their shoes. And so you can really, um, really almost embody their experience, Mm -hmm. which includes how they feel. So that's what you, and so you just a quick tip to anybody who's got a junior golfer. The last question you ever ask your junior golfer when they come off the golf course is, would you shoot? The question, and this is going to lead into how I debrief with players, is what did you learn today? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm sorry, I muted myself on the Zoom call. Um, <laughs> we all do it. <laughs> you know, just for more context, so, you know, I've been doing this a long time, playing tournament golf a long time, and, you know, I, I think because I really, really wanted to go back. It's not just that I wanted to qualify for the Ontario Senior Am. I've done that before. But where it was being played, because of COVID, it was going to be in Sault Ste. Marie. Then oh, it was yeah. going to be at another course. And then they, they sh- like normally in a normal year, there would be 130 or 40 guys in the field. But this year, there's only 60. So instead of there, so all this stuff was playing in my mind. At a normal qualifier, there'd be 70 or 80 guys for 15 or 18 spots. Here there was only about 70 guys for 11 spots, etc., etc. And I, I kept kind of thinking of these things and, oh, I need to shoot a really great round. And I know that, and again, I know that's not true. I just, not that 77 isn't a great round, but it's above my average score. And I was thinking of those things, but when I got to the golf course, I'm like, okay, I've got a plan to play this course. I had already played it. I'd made some notes. And my first couple holes kind of went to plan. I made a mistake on the third hole. And then I i don't know what it was. I, I just couldn't. I started to pull hook it off the world again. And that yeah. usually means that I'm going back too quickly. I'm very tight. I'm not letting the club sort of flow like I would normally do. And I, I just had to keep getting up and down over and over again and I finally thought I'd settled down Tim because I'm standing on the ninth tee I'm one over for the round and then I block my drive into the uh, into a pond no big deal because it's only like 155 to the green okay get it on the green two putt for five but I pull that one I make another double bogey and I don't know what it was like it just it just tweaked me in a way and it made me tighter not looser Yep. And then it just kind of unraveled. Yeah. Well, I think that the thing is for our for our listeners is I really think they can they can relate because you know it's it's going okay and then it's not 
and then it's like, but I think so much of what it, it's always about the context. So in a casual golf game, you I don't think you're going to have anywhere near the, the type of reactions that you could have in tournament golf. Tournament golf is such a different animal. And so your reactions are a little bit more... Um, Exacerbated, heightened. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for yeah. that. Um, so, Welcome to old white guys trying to remember words. My name's exactly. Howard. I'm, <laughs> I do it all. Yeah. Me and Fred do it all the time. We have like a 30-year-old that works with us, and he's always supplying us. It's like fill in the blanks. It's like doing a live crossword. What are they trying to say? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, tournament golf or golf of consequence yes. always heightens the good and the bad. Um, and, and when we come back, we'll talk about being in your shoes while you know you're having a good round because those can also be tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want to finish a thought. When we come yeah. back after after the break, I want oh, to no, finish we got a couple. Thought. We got three or four minutes. Cool. Well, it's, it's just that... Um, even subconsciously, we don't know how tight we are. We and and right. Charles's point, and well, actually, you made it. I think you haven't got a lot of reps in in tournament golf this nope. year. No, so you know, even and so you haven't had reps in like that. But I want to ask you this: Did you come into your qualifier with some expectations? You'd won your Club C senior. You'd won the Glencairn Invitational, the senior division. So, was there any of that playing on your mind? Well, only in so much that I thought, okay, I've been, I've had some recent success. Not that I should, but yeah, maybe part of it was a a bit smug or a bit like, actually, no, less smug and more like, you know, my ego was saying, you know, what if I don't? I, I there was a little bit of that, like, well, I guess I'm ah. supposed to qualify. What if I don't? How will it look, et cetera, et cetera? Will I look? Like, will I be a fraud or <clears throat> yeah. or, or these one offs or something? Yeah, that but, boy. Yeah, I think there was some of that in there because I can honestly say I was in my body during that round. I had a couple of swings that were so re- horrible for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about blocking it or pulling it a little bit. Like I hit the tee shot I hit on 10 after I double bogeyed nine. Because by the ninth hole, I had just parred, I birdied six, parred seven, parred eight. Hits a few in the fairway, felt pretty good, and then the shock of double bogeying that hole. Somehow, on the tenth tee, I hit a shot of a hundred and maybe two hundred yards with a driver. I neck pulled it, you know, so far left. I was like, when I hit it, I'm like, who hit that? Exactly. It was so out of character for me. So all of that is in that soup you're talking about of expectation, ego, all of it. Which grips your body is intention. I was dealing with a client yesterday who had a great week last week. This week, not so much. Yeah. And I just and he said that he was having a bit of uh, back issues going into the round. I said tension is the number one killer in golf, and so many times we're not even aware of it. And that's and that's the so much of the issue is we're not aware of what's happening. We may seem that you know we're joshing on the first tee and carrying on and all that and having lovely conversations but underneath we've got this brew i think you use that good word uh this uh, of expectations of hopes uh degrees of fear and that results in some in tightness and in this game uh unwanted muscular tension is like the number one thing yeah. that's going to hurt your <clears throat> golf swing you know i can tell you um 
Again, I couldn't stop pull-hooking it off tees where uh, the week before I hit three of the four par fives and two. You know, I don't think I missed more than a couple greens. <clears throat> so I get to the 16th hole, and if I had finished... And again, I, I, I kept telling myself, you've been here before. You know, make a birdie or two on the way in. And ironically enough, had I done just that, made one birdie and two pars, I would have shot 77. But I get to the 16th hole... And I'm I'm on the green in in three and I three putt it. And again it which was one of four three putts that day. And again it shocks me now. So then I I block my next shot out of bounds and and, and I tr- I kept trying, but what your point about muscular tension is so key. And as you said, what I love what you said about it's so subtle that we mm-hmm. as players don't often even feel it at the time but after i i was finished i'm like man i was really really tight yep um that's where we're going to leave it for now uh this is swing thoughts brought to you by TaylorMade golf uh tim o'connor uh sent me a lovely text about his personal uh best round of the year we're going to find out what that feels like uh as we juxtapose uh, contrast and compare uh, what it feels like when you're super- this thing, not like the other. Yeah, exactly. Uh, more about uh, your golf game, too, when we cap it. Come back at Swing Thoughts on TSN 1150. And welcome back to Swing Thoughts. Great to have you along. TSN 1150, thank you for uh, providing a platform for our program and, of course, our sponsors, TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Uh, I was playing with uh, some guys yesterday after the round. Can I try your 790s? Yes, you can. COVID, please. Disinfect those greasy fingers of yours. But everyone loves them. Uh, Coach Tim from uh, O'ConnorGolf.ca uh, is with me. Humble Howard from the Humble and Fred Show. Yes, that thing is still on. Yeah, so that's I right. I just want to make one point. Um, yes, sir. So I had some uh, P790s from Taylor Made I got two years ago. My son, Sean, big and strong lad that he is, he was playing uh, another brand of irons, uh, mm. clearly inferior. Gross. And he was working with his coach, my coach as well, Mike Martz. And Mike said, uh, so Sean took a couple of uh, the, the P790s for a couple of years ago, and he said, put those in play. Mm-hmm. They just, they're, they're just, they're more stable, better flight, and the sound is better, all of it. And so the, P, the new P790s are that much better. Yeah, if you're not, I, I I played with a guy yesterday. He's a very good golfer. He's about a one-two handicap, and um, he was wearing. He was, he's a bit nutty. He, um, uh, aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> he was playing with eleven-year-old irons, tailor-made irons. Oh yeah. And then after the round, he wanted to try my seven nineties. He's like, <laughs> he was hitting my seven iron like twelve yards, ten oh, yards nice. further than his. I will say this though. He uh, this is how good TaylorMade technology is. He's got an old he's got an old SLDR. Oh yeah, I used to have it, and uh, I let him try my sim. And it's funny because the sim sound is just so good. Oh, it is. But I will tell you that that SLDR still hits it pretty good. Still yeah. well, pretty good. Think that people think that newer irons hit it far just because the lofts are stronger. Yes, of course. There's that too, but also as soon as I put the P790s in my bag a couple of years ago. It was like I picked up five, six, seven yards Easy. on every iron. And it wasn't because of stronger loss. Yep. It was because of just what the hell they did that a simple person like me from a small town doesn't understand. 
It's science, my friend. What did you want to read me? You said you wanted to read me something. Oh, yeah. Um, so the, the hard thing about, you know, so how do we deal with this, say, our expectations uh, of a round? We had a great round and we expect, oh, this, you know, or I had a great rain session on Friday. So this means Saturday I'm going to kill it, uh, whatever. And then things don't happen. And like, how do we how do we deal with this this thing called tightness that we don't want to happen? And so. I read this in a, in a from a from a a, a monk named uh, Thomas Merton um, earlier this year, and it just I just keep coming back to it all the time. And it's um, this little bit here. So when humility delivers a man from attachment to his own works and his own reputation, he discovers that perfect joy is possible only when we have completely forgotten ourselves, and it's only when we pay no more attention to our deeds and our reputation and our excellence that we're last completely free. So there's a lot there. So in essence, what he's saying is like, he's saying, well, the invitation is to forget ourselves. And that way the expectations tend to go away, the hopes. And, and, and I think really that's really talking about just being in the present moment, accepting what happens, yeah. being there. And, and it's like, you know, oh, this round isn't going well. Oh, I suck. And everyone yeah. who's reading this um, golf genius thing is going to know I suck um, or whatever. And so if we can forget about that stuff that comes up on our ego, we just give ourselves a better chance of of having a better time. And I would say swinging with a degree of freedom that we wouldn't have otherwise. Well, I love that quote. Please send it to me. Secondly, it's, it kind of goes to what... Charles and I sort of talked very brief, briefly, and that was, you know, I, I know Charles had to go. It would have been better to have him on a little longer because there's a lot in that. But one of the things that I've gotten, you know, a little bit better at over the last few years is to swing with abandon, to just let it go. And and I, I there was another moment in the round I'd forgotten about. It. So I hit it in the trees on 10. I punch it out because I'm, you know, I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to try and hit some hero shot. So I did. I took my own advice. I got it back in play. Then I hit, uh, I was a long way from the green on a par five. I had like three wood, 230, hit it to the front left of the green. I thought, okay, good. I'm in a good position to pitch through the whole green. I didn't try and hit a lob shot. I was just going to hit a little bump and run with a pitching wedge and I stubbed it, which again will tell you how uptight I was. Exactly. Because I, I, I don't totally. really do that very often. Nope. In fact, I can tell you with, I don't think I've done it this year, but I did it on Monday. And I, it's, again, it kind of shocked me. Like, so how egoic was I and how uptight am I that I can't get a ball to just pitch three or four yards ahead of me and run the length of a green? I, I could do it left-handed, to tell you the truth. Totally. And in that moment, then, of course, I, I stubbed the chip. Now I've got 50 feet to the flag and I three-putt and I make a seven. The moral of the story is to what your point is, when you're in a, in a flow state, which you were recently, all those things are happening without your interference. Right. And interference totally. is kind of what we all do when we get in our own way, when we're worried about out- outcomes. When I, I just wanted this and I was petulant and childish about it. As opposed to going, okay, what can you do today? I, I was telling myself all the same BS, you know, just play a good tournament round. I had a good plan, but I couldn't execute it because my childish part just wanted it. I just wanted it to just give it to me, you know? Yeah, but but 
I, I get, we we want these good things to happen in terms of you know even you enter into a relationship you know you ask somebody out yeah you want them to say yes yeah. um, you want the promotion at work you you want this putt to get close but in all ways the harder we try yes the, the more we focus on doing it right this is like a theme I've had in my life for ever and ever on men. Um, the more that we just invest ourselves, the harder it becomes. Yeah. Just that, and, and but the more that it's just kind of let's just give her our best shot and see what happens. And and I I notice that when I watch Charles Fitzsimmons play golf, I haven't seen him for a while, but he just so is able to just let it happen. Yeah. And, and, and he worked on this for years. He worked on this for years, this detachment thing. It just doesn't come from, I'm going to detach from the result, and it happens. No. No, he walks his walk for sure. You know, Absolutely. I'll, it comes from getting your reps in, right. of just being able to, like, I love what you said, is be able to swing with abandon. You know, sometimes when you, you know, I know, um, I remember having a match earlier this year, a gross, and I was playing really well. I was playing basically above my head against, you know, this kid's at 29 years old, hits it miles past me, he's a two. You know, at the time I'm a seven, uh, and I'm hitting shots that I don't normally hit. What am I doing? I was just there was just the green mm-hmm. shot, and I hit the shot, and somehow my body figured out how to do that. Now, yeah. and it's it's all the things that Charles is talking. So many of the things. It's like hey, you know, being target oriented. Hey, microphones, we need them. Yeah, sorry, there we sorry. go. This it's being target oriented. Like he talked talked about target attachment yeah. and just having just a kind of like a a singular focus but it's uh, i know for a lot of our listeners it's it's it works against golf culture again because we're just hit with this all this tsunami of information about how to do it right yeah you know even how to do mental performance right how to you know how to get ready for a round nutrition hydration blah 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 and the swing thoughts you, you know you should have and all that stuff i want to come back to charles though i've been in competition with charles on a lot of occasions like where we play together in a tournament and everybody else will show up at the range myself included at the time hitting balls for an hour and all this yep. stuff and i don't know and the first time we played together i was like well you're gonna Hit any balls, dude? He's like, ah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, and here's like one of the top ranked players on the planet, on yes. Earth. Yes. And uh, he shows up and he stretches and he's doing like 20 minutes of stretches, like not two minutes like most people. He stretches for like he's doing all these things just because he's not trying to remember how to hit a golf ball. No. And then, and then maybe I'll hit 15 or 20 like wedges and, but. I played in a tournament once. He literally just went to the first. We were on a shotgun. And he's like, he had it in a ball, and he just gets up and he hits it because he knows what it. He knows what his body needs to do. But it's not how what most people do is like. I'll get there an hour and a half and etc. Anyway, let's get to your round. Um, before we do though, want to thank uh, who's our one of our biggest fans now. It's uh, Cam, Cam Scott, Cam yep. Scott. Had a nice thing to say. What did Cam say about us? But uh, the program. Oh, here it is. Want me to read it? Go for it. Uh, he says, hey, coach, great episode this past weekend. Congrats on placing in the Club C. This is about you. 
Uh, way to bounce back from round two. Excellent. You guys talking about hitting the flop shots versus nine iron. That was my story about the guy that got mad at me. Is quite consistent with my three, four club exercise. He's talked about playing with three or four clubs, which is the best remedy to break that cycle. Offers flight. I love what he said, by the way. Yeah. If you go out on your course and play with a, uh, well, it's got three wood or a hybrid, a mid iron and a sand wedge. As he said, it offers flexibility, creativity, and purposefully imposes mindfulness on each shot rather than looking at the yardage of 167 and pulling the club robotically. And I right. love what he said that. And then I love how he signs off. We must love one another or die. W.H. Auden. Um, anyways, um, Cam. I'll just, I'll just correct you. That's actually the, that's the end of all my... <laughs> oh, that's you? Okay, that's I like that too. Uh, whatever, I like that. Okay. Uh, anyway, Camsville, absolutely right. You know, like if you've got one sixty-seven and you've only got three clubs, well, you know, either you, you know, choke way down on your hybrid, yeah. or you, you know, go to the end of your eight iron, whatever it is. Well, it, 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 what it does is it, it reminds us that golf is this creative exercise. Yeah. It's, it, and I'll connect it to what Charles does. Charles knows that golf is not something you do on a driving range, right? And you don't find your swing on the range. You can. I mean, over. I'm sure so many of our listeners go, you know, I worked on my um, my chipping for two hours, hit yeah. every chip great, go to the golf, first one, I flub. Yeah. What's happening? Different context. Shots of consequence. Absolutely. So what happens is for people also on the golf course, they get out there and go, oh, I was between clubs all day. That is just such a load of malarkey. How do you like that word? Ooh. Um, Yes. Calm down. Um, <laughs> I know. It's a family show. I know. Um, so Cam's three or four club exercise thing, it shows you that there's no you're, – you're never between clubs. Mm-hmm. You can always – you know, if you hit your seven iron, you know, if you hit your seven iron 165, well, I bet you you could hit a four iron 165. And if you stepped on a eight iron, you could make it go 165. And it's it's through that element of trust, and that's what Charles exhibits on the golf course. Is he just goes out there and he trusts it and he lets it rip. So I'm going to read your text, uh, Tim O'Connor, on Friday, August 21st. I played my best round of the year today, 75. Worst I could have shot. As we talked about on the show, I just let my body move, and I was conscious of my right hip making this large turn. I'm going to talk to you about that in a second. Okay. I just allowed that to happen. Best ball striking round of the year by far. Uh, missed just two fairways, was super focused on targets, hitting the middle of greens, swinging aggressively to conservative targets. Many thanks for your time and wisdom says to me our session at Glen Karen was an amazing learning experience for me thanks again so i love everything about that thank you very much for your your <laughs> acknowledgement but the the right hip thing that was just a that's just a um i'm not going to say a um a placeholder but that was just something it wasn't yeah. it wasn't what was driving your your good turns and your good rounds it was the other stuff it was being in a mode of not expectation and not it just happens so talk talk to me about that day and i think this is a great takeaway for our listeners because you know you're gonna some of you might have your best round this weekend and and here's a here's a guy who's going to describe how it feels and and how to maybe recognize that it's okay to play like that 
What was interesting to me is that, uh, so I've been fortunate to play playing a lot of golf through this summer, uh, a minimum of twice a week, sometimes three times a week. But following my club C, I didn't play for a week and a half. I had other stuff going on with my mom and all of that. And uh, But I had a game with um, uh, with basically my boss at the University of Guelph. So it was a, a game with boss, first off the tee at Blue Springs. It was about having fun and talking about you know what we're going to do you know, with the University of Guelph golf team, and that's where the focus was. About we're just gonna have, and I love playing with Wall. He's a super guy, and we're just gonna have a great time. So it wasn't that you know today was going to be the day I was going to shoot a score. It was just let's go out and have fun, be a great host for Wally. You know, show him around the golf course, which he's played maybe once. You know, make sure that he knows that hey, this is here, mm-hmm. that's there. You know, your ideal shots here, and then just the round just unfolded just easy and but i went in with like zero expectations about anything you know i could have easily talked to myself oh you haven't played for a week and a half you're gonna be rusty mm-hmm. and, and there was none of that so you know i know the golf course fairly well the first few holes at glen at uh blue springs can be tricky one's easy two's tough three's weird mm-hmm. uh fours i think is that the par five the fourth hole that goes up the hill yep okay um so you're going along you've got your friend there like, when did you sort of feel like or start to recognize that you're well into the round and you're only even par or one over or whatever it is? Um, fifth hole. So I chip, chipped in on four for birdie. Nice. And then... Um, Five's a par three. Yeah. And then uh, I made about a five-footer for birdie on five to go back to even. Wow. And it was like, okay. Uh, this has my attention now. <laughs> <laughs> I accept. Yeah, I accept. I'm even, um, you know, so I, I knew it was it was okay. And uh, but the thing that was I had a big I had a real milestone moment at in the third round for the Club C on my way to the course and on the range in, in that um, I wasn't going to have a grand plan for the day. It, it wasn't going to I'm going to really focus on this. Like as I talked about in an earlier show post club C is that I was focused on targets, but also to stay focused on the club head. So I was in essence working, thinking about what I was doing, which was stay connected to the club head. And what I want to make clear is that on the range before my club C, I went, none of that. I'm just going to let my body do what it knows how to do and, and, and then let it do what feels good to do. Mm hmm. And what I became aware That's of... That's a big Hebron thing, by the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what I, um, what I became aware of is, is that when my body was making this move that it likes to do, it just was happening, is that my right hip feels like it's turning big. It's making yeah. a big turn through, through the shot. So it was almost like throughout the round, the entire round, I was like, just kind of watched my hip make this turn. I wasn't ever focused on trying to make it do anything. I just watched it, if you will. I observed it. I felt it. Mm-hmm. And it was just fun. Oh, my. Um, I'll get back to the right hip, maybe, if we have time for a podcast extra. Because what that really is, is Hebron has this theory that if you go out today before your round and just swung a golf club, not with any idea about something you saw on you know, Instagram or TikTok, and you just swung... A club the same way that if I said, 
I want you to swing this club like it's a baseball bat. Exactly. You know, you, you really, if you put it up at base, <clears throat> excuse me, at baseball level, you really wouldn't think too much about, you know, how you would swing a baseball bat when most of us wouldn't even give it a second thought. So Hebron's theory is if you swung a golf club kind of your natural way, it's pretty good, especially a good player like you. Um, the right hip kind of going away or coming, that's just like maybe you observed that and you caught on to it, but that isn't the thing that was doing it. It was you were making a natural swing, which is very good. Now you've, I've told you this a thousand times, <laughs> and it just it just produces good results, right? Yeah, but I want to come back to it for, for a second. I want to leave this point. So as, as many people know, um, I'm kind of in this community of coaches called Extraordinary Golf. You know, it starts with Fred Shoemaker. And so it was interesting. After that round, I sent that note to you. I sent it to a bunch of my Extraordinary right. Golf buddies, and uh, including George McNamara, a friend of the show, another guy, Jeff Klein. And I said, this hip thing that I was noticing, is that what would be called a critical variable? And they both said yes. And what a critical variable is, is just it's just a distinct. It's something that happens, and you become aware of it. Right. And what I became aware of, and I've felt it in previous rounds, and I felt it last night, is that when, when I was allowing myself to make a kind of just a free swing, my hip was moving. Of course. Making that nice big move. Right. So it wasn't something I was making happen. What, I became, what happened for me was like I became aware of it. And so that critical variable, as my awareness grows of it, that will get better. And then there'll be other critical variables. Well, I was going to say that for what, the differentiator between that and having a, you know, this weekend, I'm going to see if I can tuck my right elbow. It's exactly. different than that. Uh, what yep. you did is it was happening and you observe it and it it. It's pleasing because it's happening, but the f- reason it's happening is not because you're trying to make it happen. One hundred percent, and that's that's such a thing for for I know for a lot of our listeners maybe to get like okay I don't get this yeah you mean like you're not doing what Michael Breed told you to do in Golf right. Digest or you saw on Instagram you're not trying to make this thing happen no it's allowing it to happen and observing it and folks when do you play your best golf I ask clients when do you play your best golf. When I'm not trying. Exactly. It, and, it, and what happens, it feels easy. I want to get to uh, this round because we've got five more minutes on the radio. Then we're going to do another 10 minutes uh, for our podcast listeners. So you're in the round. You're even after five. Uh, I think the next hole is that one that goes up the hill. Yep. Okay. Not an easy hole, but not a tough one either. How far in the round um, are you when you start to get a little bit excited about the fact that you're this far in the round and you're only this many over par? Um, well, I made the turn in 37. So that's one uh, over, right? Yeah. That's one then, over. And then it's just, uh, so uh, par 10, par 11, tw- 12, I think I make bogey. I think so. And then uh, par 13, 14, I make I, I, I bogey, and I, I'm three over. Mm-hmm. And then I start to go... Okay, is you, could this slip away? <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. Yeah. We have those thoughts, of course. And and I was just kind of I brought myself back to, you know, immerse myself in being with Wally, right? And just talking 
and having fun. But I was aware on the 15th tee where a lot of bad stuff can happen. <laughs> you got um, OB left. You got is, is 15 the par five? Yeah, and you got like this thicket of trees yeah, on the yeah, right. Yeah. You, could, you know, if you if you hit a little low, you could be in there. But I just was I just really focused on just being in my body and just just being in my body and just and just feeling it and not letting anything no thoughts nothing i'm just going to be in and, and just really i, I kind of took bob rutella's advice from years ago is just as the game just make a freer swing with every right. with every swing and i part in and um and it was just just easy yeah it's crazy how easy it can be you know i it, you know first of all congratulations that's amazing Thanks. You know, especially, you know, we all often talk in this show about not knowing where you are, how many over you are, how many under, whatever. But as golfers, we all kind of have a a vague sense of where we are, even on days where we're not involved in the score. So I know Mm -hmm. that you would know standing on the 15th tee. But as we've often talked about, those thoughts and stories, they don't really serve us. But it's, it's amazing to me how many times... The wrong thinking or focusing on story bites you in the ass. You know, I'm standing in the middle of the ninth hole last night. You know, I'm even par for the day. And um, I mean, I think I made a bogey. I know I made one bogey, one birdie. And I was just kind of like waiting to hit my second shot. And um, I hit a decent shot. I hit it too far, which I don't like to do. It was the right club, wrong shot, or maybe it was the wrong club. But the point I'm trying to make is, like, as I'm walking in the green, I'm like, okay, just two-putt this for, you know, 36, and, uh, you know, maybe I could shoot under par in the back nine. Yeah. And, of course, I three-putt it, and it sends me into a three-hole bogey spiral. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm just fascinated by my the, the fact that that story is just not really real. It's just fantasy but so often it affects us absolutely uh, this is our egos just don't our egos just do that to us all the time i just want to do for our tsn listeners i want to make really clear uh you never own golf you just rent it a bit no exactly and so the next round was i th- thought hey i got golf here deluded myself and uh played uh, a match with a reigning club c champion lost five and four <laughs> Well, as we often he say wiped, here on the he wiped show, the floor with me. Sometimes you're the windshield, and sometimes you're the fly. Thanks to Taylor May. Thanks to Charles Fitzsimmons. Tim O'Connor Golf. O'ConnorGolf.ca. HumbleandFredRadio.com. Thanks to TSN 1150. We will see you next week and more uh, on our Facebook page. Go download the uh, the Swing Thoughts podcast. Coming out of the rain to hear the jazz go down. Competition. All right. Uh, all right. There we go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's funny how, uh, you know, I shot 82 on uh, Monday in this qualifier. And again, that's, you know, a lot of people like shoot 82. I get that. Um, but I think that was of my 50 rounds of golf. I think the fourth score I've had, you know, over 80. Um, my average golf scorer. Over the course of a summer is around 75.75, 76. You know, I played men's night last night after I shit the bed for three holes in a row. I um, finished the next seven holes under par, shot 74. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a 
but I, it, it was the flow of my the flow was just different you know i was right. just in a different physical state and one of the things that saved me from punching the inside of my car on monday <laughs> uh which i have done uh i think one of the things that has started to sink in is that the idea that some days you can have your best round of the year yeah but as i've often said on the show the the sign that should be at every first hole in golf in golf at golf courses is past performance is no guarantee of future results. On um, uh, yeah, that's and, that, and that's a Fred Shoemaker thing. Is that our I think our our performance tomorrow is not based on our performance today. Right. Our performance tomorrow is based on our learning today. Yes, and that's just such a grounding piece. But the thing that I want to ask you about, and I, I want to explore this just a little bit, is that, see, I think part of the struggle that you may have had on Monday, you didn't, you didn't have reps in, in tournaments. Yeah, Club C, but, but, you know, those are, that's, I think, was that your third Club C or second Club C? That I've won? Wise? Yeah. The second senior Club C? Uh, it's the second one. I, I finished, I have finished first three of the last four years but i lost in a playoff so that's right it's so, my second win it was also you know i won the club c and i won this invitational i mean i i've only played in three tournaments all year i won two of them that's right so my here's my point is that um you you kind of and i was this is got to be clear here to anyone particularly people who are from glen karen this is not to denigrate you winning the club seat but you've kind of been there and done it yeah and you feel comfortable in that environment yep but you really want to play in the senior <laughs> that's right i really you did really want it yeah and so there's part of the difference yep. but you didn't have the reps in in terms of the you know dealing with the chaos of golf which you talk about a lot and so it's harder to deal with those things we're not used to, particularly when our emotions are going no. up and down. And I just want to, so I played, I was at the end of the last segment, I was saying how I lost to the reigning club champ five and four right. in, in match play. And we had an interesting conversation. And once the match was over, of course, and I said, you know, I just couldn't bring it today. And he says, well, you know, it's hard to bring it in competition. He says he plays in a lot of GTA M events. He says most of the guys who win, the winning score is above is, is above their handicap. Yeah, of course. And it's even so, it's just subcon even for guys who play a ton of tournament golf. It's, it's no, I, by the way, I, to, not to uh, derail your point. I I tend to agree with you that I hadn't had as much tournament play this year, but I've been in this position before. I have been qualifying right. for GAO tournaments a long time. And that's why it was a bit disappointing because I know that I knew going in that I just needed to shoot something with a seven. 77 would have been, 78 was an alternate. But if I had had an average round, not even a great round, if I had my average round on a golf course with a par 72 rated 71 point something, I'm going to, on average, shoot 75. So, yes, I wanted it. Part of the reason I wanted it, and I'm going to be honest, is because last year in the uh, province, I finished 22nd in this tournament, and I didn't have my best stuff. And I thought, man, if I could just get back to this tournament, boy, I'm, I'm going to beat these. And I really did. I really thought... Man, I think I can beat these guys now. I, in the, I, I, as I said on the show, at the Glen Karen Invitational, I played with the 2019 Ontario Senior Am winner and dusted him. 
And I thought, okay, not that I, he's a beautiful golfer, great, great player. And, but on that day, I was like, oh, so he's just like me. Some days he has a good day and some days he doesn't. And I never really recognized that before. I just sort of put up these guys and thinking, oh, I can't really beat them. They're better than me. They're not. They're just guys like us. But to your point about the club champion or saying, you know, so I knew I didn't even have to shoot my hand. If I'd shot my handicap, I would have won the qualifier. Yeah. So I could tell during the round that it just wasn't flowing. Even though I grinded away and, you know, being one over through eight holes isn't a bad, you know, it's an average day for me. If I, I'll tell you the truth, Tim. If I could have just bogeyed nine, I think I would have qualified. Because to be honest with you, somehow mentally, something something went away that's not usual. From, not that I stopped trying, I just stopped being able to access my average skills. Because I tell you, the sh- if you'd seen the shot I hit on 10... It was like, did he just have a stroke? <laughs> I don't, man. I, everyone has that. It, I, mean, I know, but it was almost like, I, 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 at first I thought, who hit that? Well, remember Rory McIlroy? Yes. Contention at the Masters. His, his opening tee shot, I think, was on Washington Road in the <laughs> Masters. I mean, like that's like a horrible shot. Um, it, it happens. But could you imagine? It, so... So what you're dealing with, as all golfers do, is the story. Yeah. Part of your story was you'd played with this guy. He was, he'd won the senior am. You thought, I dusted him, so therefore I'm in, or, you know, whatever. I'm not, but it all plays into a story. Right. Goodness, nice. Imagine if we could play without the story. Yeah. And that's, that's to me, is the, what we struggle with so much in all parts of our lives is we see what we want to do. Uh, and we see what we don't want to do, and yet we get caught in this story, this push pull of of this of all these thoughts uh, that are swirling around, and they and it's and and they take hold, and they oh they just infect us, you know. And if if only we could let that stuff go, and that's 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 what PGA Tour players do so well. Absolutely. Like how does, just real quick, how does somebody like Dustin Johnson, for gosh sake. I was going to use this like, example, I know. I know. The PGA Championship at Whistling Straits, he, he, he grounds his club in this teeny little bunker. And some, you know, that's like people think that's a bullshit ruling. And he gets, he doesn't go in a playoff. He four, was it a four putt or a three putt at uh, the U.S. Open when Spieth won? Mm-hmm. Uh, know, well, he missed and, that little one, yeah. Exactly. But here the guy bounces back. Uh, you know, he finally wins his U.S. Open a couple of years ago. And last weekend, he shoots, what, no. 30 freaking under? But I thought where you, what I was going to thought you were going to connect to is last month, Dustin Johnson, in competition, shot 78 and 80 in 78. Yep. And then four weeks later, here's the same guy. This is to my point about, you know, you could, no matter how bad my round was Monday, I played yesterday and I was like, you know, I just knew I'd be better because, like, obviously the stakes are lower, but I still have to hand, you know, all that crap. But I, I, I saw Dustin Johnson. I'm like, oh, there's a guy that shot 30 under par a month after he had three of the worst rounds he's ever had in competition. Yep. And that's why, as Charles said, at the beginning of every day that you play golf, you should remind, we should remind one another that this game is hard. What I was going to say to you is, do you know, do you remember I sent you a text? I think it was Sunday. I could check. The day before the qualifier, 
I I said to you We're both checking our phone. We're both checking our phone. Um But I, it was before my qualifier round. I asked if you had time to talk. Uh, oh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason I did, and I wish we had connected, um, because I was feeling anxious about this going into it. I was. Yeah. And in, instead of looking forward to it with some excitement... If I'm also being honest, I was anticipating it with some trepidation. And when I reached out to you, it was kind of like, and then I thought, oh, you know, you know, fuck, I don't need to talk to him. You know, another guy telling me I'm going to be fine. But I really wish we had had some parts of this conversation to, to just kind of refresh or to reset or whatever, because, you know, you can add up your score, and you know Charles went on and saw my my card, and I made all these doubles, and I only made two bogeys for the whole day. That was hilarious. Mm. Um, but uh, but I I I was getting caught up in the I beat the guy who won. If I get back to the same golf course I did last year, if I don't make a nine and two triples, I finish in the top ten. I could beat these guys. Who knows? I might be in the. I mean, I just had all this thinking that. You know, this is, I know now that I can play with these guys, so let me, I want a chance to play with them. Yeah. And um, I just kind of storied myself out of my my regular tournament mode. I can, yeah, that's so, the only way I can describe it. Okay, so again, so what could we, uh, so coming back to the debrief, <clears throat> which was wonderful uh, with Charles, there's a lot of amazing stuff in, in, in what he was doing there. So what did you so given what you just said, what did you learn from your qualifier that you can take forward? Well, you know, I'd like to say some grand, you know, I didn't learn anything new. I just learned the same lessons. I I shouldn't say that. What I learned is the same lessons of the last 4 years always apply. You know, you've got to get extremely interested in the in the present moment and try and leave all that stuff that I've just described you got to leave it leave it behind and and just try and make the round just the round I played with a couple of good guys they weren't intimidating and blah 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 one guy had two gloves on that was weird but I don't care <laughs> two gloves yeah he had the two gloves on I felt bad for him he shot a million but um you know I I, I just re it was just another Reminder that it's a hard game and that in order to succeed, you have to be as like I thought of you several times since then. Mm. You have to not care, slightly not care. And I, I didn't have that slightly not caring attitude, which allows me to hit shots that are pretty good most of the time, oh, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I learned that yeah. I cared, I cared about the outcome too much. And, uh, Thank you for confirming confirming your humanity, yeah, <laughs> and that you're you're exceedingly normal, and and that's what we that's what we do. But it's 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 in those moments from that hard learning. So next time you're in a tournament and you find that going on, you might go, oh boy, I'm I'm settling back into some old stuff here, yeah. and I'm aware. So so what do you do? Well, you might take uh, a few deep breaths. You might go, you know what? 
Maybe you take one practice swing, but maybe I'll take three, four. I don't care. Yeah. This is what I need to do to center and ground myself. Um, yeah. It, it's how do we how do we take ourselves from the swirl of all this stuff? And you know, I'm thought I'm thinking of. Um, so uh, here's a quote I read to a client this week, and I, I guess I'm full of uh, borrowing the wisdom of people who are dead. Um, <laughs> is uh, here's the quote: "Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose, and our response. Yeah. In our response lies our growth and our freedom." So we're always being stimulated or triggered, as the word is today. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, how am I going to respond to this? And that takes awareness of, of where I'm at, what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. And then when I'm aware of it, then I can make a choice. Well, that's the, uh, to, to call that down, it's the difference between reacting and responding. Reacting 100%. is something you do without thinking. Yep. Uh, here's a quote from a uh, young fellow that we admire, Rory McElroy. And he says, don't let your golf influence your attitude. Let your attitude influence your golf. How do you like that? Well said. All right, Timberly. Um, well, there you go. Another episode of this show. A lot of angst and anxiety. Um, Equanimity, too. I've got a couple more tournaments. I'm actually... Um, I've got a couple of team things I'm playing in, which are always fun. They're not the same. They don't feel the same as a... As a stroke play tournament, uh, yeah. I'm actually. I'm, there's a couple of tournaments. They there's still room at uh, St. Thomas. Uh, they're going to do the early bird later. Actually, oh, yeah. ironically, in October, I'm going to make a decision about that. But I also am going to maybe. There's still a chance I can go play in the Ontario Mid Am. So I might uh, put myself uh, in that situation again. Just to to, to your point. To, to just go to the qualifier, you know, just to go to another qualifier to sort of take what we've talked about and see if I can, you know, put myself in a, in a better spot. Ironically, sometimes with mid-am qualifiers, because I have less expectations, you know, I've sort of shot lower rounds in them. I know, funny how that all works. You know, it's man. weird. It's just- Oh, it's just a, it's just such a strange game. There, how's that for a brilliant insight? <laughs> yes. um, it's the I'm, worst game. Yeah, but that's where we learn. It's such oh, a metaphor God, for our it. lives. I oh, was yes. joking yesterday with my buddies. You know, I was like, I hate this. Sometimes I just hate this game. I hate it. Like, I don't understand why. Do, you know, I I often joke like when somebody will miss a putt, I go, Why does golf hate you? But it's because it feels that way sometimes. Like, I don't understand. Like. Uh, we played this on the par was par four a par five last night. I just kill my drive, and I have like six iron into the green. That's how far I hit this drive. It's a bit downhill, downwind, and I hit the green in two and a par five. And I have a just a a gentle fifteen foot left to right putt, and you know I would I would have rather missed it by five feet. Because the way I missed it, it was one of those ones where they say on TV the ball melted across the face of the hole, and Ooh. and I'm so you know, and it was one of those ones. As soon as the putt left my putter, the ball left my putter, I see it tracking. Even in my mind, I'm like, you know, that kind of instant feeling of, oh, that looks good. It's yeah. going toward the hole, and and it starts to break toward the hole. I'm like, this is cool. You know, you have all this time, and then it did it. It kind of. 
it just missed on the lower side. I don't even, I don't know how it stayed out, but it was one of those ones where I was like, I had to shield my eyes because I couldn't look at it. And I thought to myself, what, what, what is, why does golf hate me? <laughs> like, fuck. Like, just go in the hole. It's not that big a deal. Well, would it hurt you for once? Exactly, golf. I feel like an old Jewish mother. You just could, you couldn't uh, maybe go in the hole for for Howie. <laughs> anyway. So well, that's, uh, yeah. why we, that's why we love and hate this game. Well, oh, I hate God. it so much. Honest to God, some days I just go, what am I doing? I really... Oh, no. You know, I've told you this before off the air. I'm not sure if I've said it on the show, but I, I remember telling my ex-wife once, if I ever thought about anything as much as I do about golf, I would have invented something or I would have cured something. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, that's that, I think that it, it's so, you know, we've had a lot of fun in the last few minutes, but not to get overly serious, but it's, 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 it, it's in the caring. That's yeah. that's where the that's where we have issues, and and it's when we're more in that place of ease and peace and having fun. Uh, that's when the good things happen in all things. And so, having said that, I'm gonna hope like hell I take that attitude into my final round of my senior club C on Saturday. I'm uh, three back uh, in the super senior for guys over sixty. Nice. So, um, what'd you shoot in the first round? You didn't tell me. What'd you shoot in the first round? Eighty-one. It's all right. And 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 the uh, the leaders are set seventy-eight. So, well, you'll catch them by the fourth hole. I promise you. Ah, well, we'll 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 see. And and um, so it's I love tournaments because they're always a great test of how um how well I can make the the rubber meet the road. Yeah, for sure. Like do the shit that I talk about. Well, well, (laughs) yeah, me too. You know, it's like. yeah, it's like under, you know, when you have to hit a shot of consequence, pulling it off is, I, I think, one of the most satisfying things you can do. And having a good score under a round of com- consequence, you know, it's like there's a satisfaction to it right. that I don't really feel just playing with, you know, for funsies. Uh, all right, totally. Timmy O'Connor, you're a good boy. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Thanks. Good uh, luck this weekend. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I'll keep you posted, man. I I hope you do. All the best to you, young man. Take care. Take care. Bye.